0: Hi, this is Life Coach David. Thanks for listening to the Law of Attraction podcast. I really appreciate it and I hope you're getting a lot out of it. And you can find out more about me and Law of Attraction Life Coaching at lifecoachdavid.com. And I want you to know that you can attract what you want. You can deliberately keep yourself at a high vibration because when you do, Other circumstances and experiences and people that match that come into your life. And when that happens, it's just so amazing. And you can have that happen every day. You just have to know how. And you can find out, of course, through coaching with me and hopefully through what I'm reading today, which is a continuation of Money and the Law of Attraction, And I wanted to thank my client, Chris, because she was in a Law of Attraction chat room and she let everybody know about me. So I'm just so thankful that she did that and that there are Law of Attraction groups out there. I think that's fantastic. So now I will continue with Money and the Law of Attraction, of course, written by Esther and Jerry Hicks, The Teachings of Abraham, and this section is called Neither Money, nor poverty makes joy. Jerry says, Abraham, there's a saying that money doesn't make for happiness. On the other hand, I've noticed that poverty doesn't make for happiness either, but still it's obvious that money isn't the path to happiness. So if the idea of achieving something does bring us happiness, does that mean the achievement is an appropriate goal for us to set? And how does a person maintain his or her feeling of happiness when reaching one's goal is taking a lot of time and energy? It often seems that there is sort of an uphill climb to reach the goal and then a short plateau of rest, but then an almost immediate, tedious climb to achieve the next goal. How does a person keep all of the climbing towards their goals joyous so there's not that struggle, struggle, struggle And then, wow, I've made it. But then, struggle, struggle, struggle. Oh, here, I've made it again. And then Abraham replies, you are right. Money is not the path to happiness. And as you have observed, poverty certain is not the path to happiness either. It's so important to remember that when you offer any action for the purpose of achieving happiness, you are truly going about it in a backward way. Instead, use your ability to focus your thoughts and words towards things that cause you to feel better and better. And once you have deliberately achieved a state of happiness, not only will wonderful actions be inspired, but wonderful results must follow. And I'm going to repeat that because I really like that. Once you have deliberately achieved a state of happiness, and notice how they say deliberately, Not only will wonderful actions be inspired, but wonderful results must follow. And that's law of attraction. Like energy attracts like energy. So the happier you are, the happier experiences and circumstances you're going to attract. All right, I'm going to continue now. Most people give the majority of their attention to whatever is happening in their experience right now, which means if the results please them, they feel good. But if the results do not please them, they feel bad. But that is really going about life the hard way. If you only have the ability to see what is, then things cannot improve. You must find a way to look optimistically forward in order to achieve any improvement in your experience. When you learn how to deliberately focus your thoughts toward good feeling things, it is not difficult to find happiness and maintain it even before your goal has been accomplished. The feeling of struggle you are describing happens because of the continual comparison of where you are right now in relationship to the goal you are reaching for. When you constantly take score... Noticing the distance that still needs to be traveled, you amplify the distance. You amplify the distance, the task, and the effort, and that is why it feels like such an uphill struggle. When you care about how you feel and so choose thoughts on the basis of how you feel, you then develop patterns of thought that are more forward-looking. And as a law of attraction then responds to those better-feeling thoughts, you get more pleasing results. Struggle, struggle, struggle never leads to a happy ending. It defies law. When I get there, then I'll be happy is not a productive mindset. Because unless you are happy, you cannot get there. When you decide to first be happy, then you will get there. And that's the end of that little section. And that is so, so true. We can't wait for something to happen to make us happy. Because then we're like a victim of circumstance. What if it never happens or what if it takes a long time? You know, I don't want to wait that long. I want to deliberately be happy now because I know then I'll attract the things that make me happy. And I know it's a different way of thinking about it than the way most of us are brought up and learn about things. Usually we think, well, when I get the thing I want, then I'll be happier. Then I'll feel good. But now we know we have to feel good first to attract the thing we want. And when you do that and you take that kind of control over how you feel, it's so powerful. Now I will go on to the next section. And this section is called, I am here as a joyful creator. Abraham says, you are here not as accumulators or regurgitators. You are here as creators. When you are looking toward an ending place, you exaggerate the feeling of lack between where you are now and that ending place. And that habit of thought can not only slow the progress of your creation, but can hold it apart from you indefinitely. You are the attractor of your experience. As you look for positive aspects and make an effort to find good-feeling thoughts, you will hold yourself in a place of positive attraction, and what you want will come faster. The sculptor of a work of art does not derive his greatest satisfaction from the finished piece. It's the process of creation, the sculpting of the piece, that gives him pleasure. That is why we would like you to view your physical experience of creating continual, joyful becoming. As you focus your attention upon things that feel good and achieve a consistently joyful state of being, you will then be in the position of attracting more of whatever you want. Sometimes people complain that it seems unfair that they have to become happy before things that bring them more happiness can then come to them. They believe that when they are unhappy, they need the happy events to come. But when they are already happy, then the happy events are unnecessary. But that would defy the law of attraction. You have to find a way of feeling the essence of what you desire before the details of that desire can come to you. In other words, you have to begin to feel more prosperous before more prosperity can come. Often people tell us that they want more money, and when we ask them what their balance of thought is about money, they proclaim that they have a very positive attitude about money. But as we probe a bit deeper... Asking them how they feel when they sit to pay their bills, they often then realize that while they may have been attempting to sound positive about the subject, they have actually been feeling a great deal of worry or even fear around the subject of money. In other words, often without realizing it, the majority of their thoughts about money have been on the not enough of the subject rather than on the abundant side of the subject. And I'm sure that's true for most people, right? Most people want want more money. And when they're paying their bills, they're like, darn, oh my God, look how much this is. And how am I going to pay it? And now I can't do this because I have to pay that. Instead of, oh, I'm so glad I can pay this bill. I love having so much money. It feels so good to have a lot of money. You know, it takes a certain awareness to really be able to do that. And with time and practice, anyone can become aware enough to really get that and put that into practice and benefit from it. And the next section is called The Power of Vibrationally Spending Vibrational Money. Abraham says, Here is a process that can quickly help you shift the balance of your thoughts regarding money to a place where you can begin to let more money flow easily into your experience. Put $100 in your pocket, and keep it with you at all times. As you move through your day, deliberately notice how many things you could exchange the money for. I could purchase that, I could do that, I could buy that. Someone replied to us that $100 really does not buy that much in today's economy, but we explained that if you mentally spend that $100 a thousand times a day, you have vibrationally spent $100,000. That sort of positive focus will dramatically change your vibrational balance about money. This vibrational spending process will cause you to feel differently about money, and when that happens, your point of attraction will shift, and more money must flow into your experience. It is law. Someone said to us, Abraham, I didn't have the $100, but I put an IOU in my pocket. And we said, that is defeating the process because you are walking around with a feeling of debt in your pocket, which is exactly the opposite of what you want to do. You want to feel your prosperity. And so even if it's only $20 or $50, or if it's $1,000 or $10,000 that you have in your pocket, utilize it effectively to help you notice how good things are now. Because in your acknowledgement of your prosperous now, your prosperity must become more. And that's the end of that section. And I have done that exercise, and it works really well. It really puts you in the vibration of money because you keep saying, oh, I'll buy that, oh, I'll buy that, I'll buy that. And a lot of times if I go to the mall, even if I don't have the $100, in my mind, regardless of the cost, I'll think, oh, I'm going to buy that, I'm going to buy that, I'm going to buy that. And sometimes I'll even try something on that might be a little pricey, but I don't care because if it looks good, then in my mind I'm like, yes, I'm definitely getting this. And even though I don't get it, I'm still putting myself in the vibration of getting it by thinking that. And the next section is called Needing Money Won't Attract It. Jerry asks, Abraham, one of my greatest disappointments is I have worked to help people find greater financial success is that those who needed the money the most had the least success with what I was teaching them, while those who needed it the least had the most success with it. That always seemed backwards to me. It seemed like those who needed it more would try harder, and eventually they should succeed. And Abraham answered, Anyone who is in a place of lack, no matter how much action they offer, attracts more lack. In other words, The powerful feeling outweighs any action that they offer. Any action that is offered from a place of lack is always counterproductive. Those who were not feeling need were not in a place of lack, and so their action was productive. Your experience was in absolute harmony with the law of attraction, as is every experience. There is not a shred of evidence anywhere in the universe that is to the contrary of this that we are speaking of. And Jerry replies, Also, what I noticed was that, by and large, those who didn't achieve much success or weren't very interested in even hearing about achieving success were people who had been taught that to want money was evil or immoral and that the best thing to do was to remain as they were even though they were unfulfilled. And Abraham responds, The reason that many reach a place where they say that they do not have desire is because they have wanted and wanted and wanted, but because they have not understood that every subject is two subjects, they have given more of their attention to the lack of what they have wanted than to what they wanted. And so they continue to attract the lack of what they want. And then eventually they were just so worn down by it. As a person begins to associate wanting with not having, so much so that to want is an unpleasant experience, then he or she says, I no longer want, because every time I want something, I get myself in this place of discomfort, and so it's easier for me not to want in the first place. And then Jerry asks, If others who are noticing you and comparing you to themselves come to the conclusion that you are poor, but you don't feel poor, then you wouldn't be in a state of lack, and so you would be able to move quickly towards more abundance in that case? Is that right? And Abraham responds... That is correct. Others' assessment of you has no bearing on your point of attraction unless you are bothered by their assessment. Comparing your experience to the experiences of others can amplify a feeling of lack within you if you come to the conclusion that you have succeeded more greatly than you have, and you then activate within yourself a feeling of being less than. Also, noticing a lack of prosperity in the experiences of others does not put you in a place of attracting greater prosperity for yourself because you will be getting what you think about. What you draw to you or keep from you has nothing to do with what anyone else is doing. An improved feeling of prosperity, even if your current reality does not justify the feeling, will always bring more prosperity to you. Paying attention to the way you feel about money is a much more productive activity than noticing how others are doing. Allowing more money to flow into your experience requires far less than most people understand. All that is required is that you achieve a vibrational balance in your own thoughts. If you want more money but doubt you can achieve it, you are not in balance. If you want more money but you believe there is something wrong in having money, you are not in balance. If you want more money and you are angry at those who have more money, you are not in balance. When you are feeling those emotions of inadequacy, insecurity, jealousy, injustice, anger, and so on, your emotional guidance system is letting you know that you are out of alignment with your own desire. Most people make no effort in coming into personal alignment with the subject of money. Instead, they spend years, even lifetimes, pointing out perceived injustices, attempting to define the rightness or wrongness of the subject, and even trying to put laws in place to orchestrate the flow of money in the civilization, when a rather small effort in comparison with the impossible attempt at controlling those outside circumstances would yield them an enormous return. Nothing is more important than that you feel good, for when you feel good, you are in harmony with your greater intent. Many believe that hard work and struggle are not only a requirement to achieve success, but that working hard and struggling long is more honorable way of living. Those hard times of struggle certainly do help you in the defining of what you desire, but until you release the feeling of struggle, what you desire cannot come into your experience. Often people feel as if they need to prove their worthiness, and that once that is accomplished, then and only then will rewards be given. But we want you to know that you are already worthy, and that proving yourselves worthy is not only not possible, but unnecessary. What is necessary for you to receive the rewards or benefits that you seek is alignment with the essence of those benefits. You have to first bring yourself into vibrational alignment with the experiences you wish to have. We recognize that words do not teach and that our knowledge regarding the laws of the universe and of your value do not necessarily mean that now that you have read our words or heard our words, you now know your value. However, as you consider the premises that we are laying out for you, And as you begin the application of the processes that we are suggesting, it is our knowing that the universe's response to your improved vibration will give you the evidence of the existence of these laws. It will not be long and it will not require much deliberate application of what you are reading here before you will be convinced of your own value and of your ability to create whatever you desire. The primary reason that people do not believe in their own value is because they often have not found a way to get what they want, and so they incorrectly assume that someone outside of them does not approve and is somehow withholding the reward. That is never true. You are the creator of your experience. Make statements such as, I want to be the best I can be. I want to do and have and live in a way that is in harmony with my idea of the greatest goodness. I want to harmonize physically here in this body with that which I believe to be the best or the good way of life. If you will make those statements and then do not take actions unless you feel good, you will always be moving upon the path in harmony with your idea of that which is good. And that's the end of that section. And all that is so important to remember that you get what you think about. If you think about lack, you're gonna experience lack. If you think about abundance, even if in that moment, your bank account isn't abundant, you're going to attract abundance. It's just the way it works. And that could be the tricky part when we're so focused on what is, it's hard to focus on what we want. But you can do it, I've done it, my clients have done it, and it works, it really does. And if you want to find out even more processes and more ideas on how you can attract whatever you want, please consider Law of Attraction Coaching with me because that's what I do and they always work. Just go to lifecoachdavid.com and contact me through there. Thanks for listening. And as I always like to say, have a high vibration day. (laughs)